Okay, thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing me, the CEO of the Jewish Federation of the Desert, uh, with influential people in the Coachella Valley. Today, Jeff has organized an interview with uh, Willie Rhine, uh, and Jeff is not here, so it's just the two of us. And I like your glasses. So, Willie, thank you very much for coming today. And I'm going to just ask you some questions. But first of all, give me a sense of who you are. How did you end up in the desert and um, or primarily Palm Springs? How, how did you get here? Well, th- firstly, thank you for inviting me to come over and share a little bit of my story. Uh, I arrived in Palm Springs in the early 90s. I was doing uh, construction work at the time. Uh, one of my clients had a home in Los Angeles and I remodeled that home for, for him. Uh, he was obviously happy enough to invite me to Palm Springs to remodel his Palm Springs home. And really, it, it, that project was uh, maybe about two months in the making and I met a lot of people here, including a realtor who had convinced me to purchase my first home <laughs> here in Palm Springs. Uh, so that's sort of how I got here. Um, really by accident. I, I, I love Palm Springs. It's definitely my home. I, I was raised in Scotland uh, and I love the weather here. I arrived here in July of 91. Um, I worked in a pair of shorts and <laughs> tolerated the heat. I, I actually loved it. If they ever send me back home to Scotland, I would be very upset because I don't like the cold. So I, I know you primarily from your restaurant down the street from the Federation office called Willie's. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into the restaurant business? Uh, again, um, sort of by accident. I, I went from construction. I was having a cup of coffee outside a theater that was closing in Palm Springs. It was called the Celebrity Playhouse. And I was having a bad day at construction and thought, I, I, I want to change careers. <laughs> I had gone to a couple of shows at the Celebrity Playhouse and for some reason I just thought in my head that I I could open up a theater. So I had a small 100-seat theater called Top Hat Playhouse on Arenas Road in Palm Springs. We were relatively successful, but you really, in order for a theater to be successful, you have to have donations and I wasn't, uh, I was not non-profit even though I wasn't making any money. so I went from, we lost a lot of money. I lost a little bit of my sanity. Uh, I went to a friend who gave me a job as a waiter in a restaurant called the Cheeky Monkey. It was a little British restaurant on the corner of Ramon and Sunrise. It's, it hasn't been a restaurant in many, many years. Uh, so that's where I started my restaurant career. I. I worked there for a while and then I went to work at La Valerie's, which is one mm-hmm. of the higher end restaurants in town. And from La Valerie's, I went to Rancho Mirage, right down the street from us, uh, to being manager of uh, Piero's Aquapazza for the Kellers and Piero, Piero Tony. Um, long story short, I made them a lot of money and decided it was time to make my own and I opened up 849 in 2015 and followed that with uh, 1501 during the pandemic and then most recently the newest uh, endeavor is uh, Willie's which as you said is right across the street. So you've branched out from Palm Springs into Rancho Mirage although you could say that Willie's is pretty close to 
Palm Springs. It is. Uh-huh. But uh, it's not where 849 and the 1501 are. I always wanted to come back to Rancho Mirage. Again, my my management career started at the river in Rancho Mirage, and the river was very successful at the time. Uh, I met a, a lot of people. At, that's sort of where um, my community involvement started with that particular restaurant. Uh, so I always wanted to come back to Rancho Mirage so that when uh, my business partner at the time uh, told me about the opportunity to take over the old Bernie's space, or which was, was once Marie Callender's. It was oh. exciting to me to uh, come back to where it all began. How do you manage, uh, what do you have, four restaurants right now? I have three. Three. Uh-huh. How do you manage three restaurants? Restaurants are very intensive. I've worked in several myself. Not easy for one person to manage or to run or even to own so many. How do you do it? That's a very good question. Obviously, I don't do it alone. <laughs> I have a, a good management team, um, but I am very much hands-on as much as possible. I do I do the rounds. I put a lot of miles in on my car going from one restaurant to the other. My office is uh, based out of 849, so I spend most of my time there and then just visit the other restaurants. But again, I, I have a really good team. I've, I've been very lucky. Um, I've always been able to attract a good uh, team member and they take, they take pride in ownership. So You referenced when you were talking about the river, that that's when you got involved with the community. Jeff didn't give me a whole lot of insight into your uh, community service work. Are there things that you do that are outside of the restaurant industry on behalf of the greater Coachella Valley? Um, again, I'm very much involved with uh, Desert Age Project, the uh, Animal Samaritans, the Palm Springs Animal Shelter. We do uh, work uh, catering and uh, in-kind donations to uh, Jewish Family Services. Uh, basically, we having three restaurants, uh, I have a ton of emails daily asking for help in one way or another. And I, I have definitely uh, said yes far more than... Uh, Good. I, I will call you and, or email you for some requests. You, you mentioned the animal shelter. This is a sensitive question. I'm not sure you want to answer it uh, or not. You allow dogs in your restaurants? We, we allow service dogs in the restaurants, but each of the restaurants have a patio. So oh, we're, definite, we're definitely uh, dog friendly. But um, I, it's an interesting question because the health department's cracking down on bringing dogs to restaurants. I think people got a little uh, lax during COVID or right as we came out of COVID. Um, but now it definitely has to be a service dog. So I, I bring that up because you mentioned you're from Scotland. I've not yet been to Scotland, but I was traveling after college through England and I was in a pub in a, it must have been in Cambridge or in Oxford or someplace. And I was shocked that everybody pretty much had a dog at the table. And some of the dogs were big enough to put their heads on the table. Mm. And it was the first time I'd ever seen an animal in a restaurant. So is that a common thing in, uh, in Scotland? Home? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't believe so, but I don't, I don't remember. Maybe this was just an unusual pub. How, how, how long ago oh, was that? We're talking about the early 80s. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember. Again, I'm, I'm going to presume that they have similar health practices as to, we do. To, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that you opened 1501 during COVID. How, how did that work out? 
So again, the same business partner. I, I currently own uh, Willie's myself, or I like to say I have all the debt to, to myself. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, restaurant. Thank you, thank you. So I, my my business partner at the time, uh, he it was his idea to open up both restaurants. In fact, he came to me. His name is Chad Gardner. Uh, he's since retiring a little bit in Mexico. Um, so he came to me and uh, brought the opportunity to take over the, the old draftsman space. And the timing was actually perfect because uh, 1501 has five, all of the walls open up. They have five garage door, double, double garage doors. So it was really, it was very conducive to indoor outdoor dining. So literally when we opened that restaurant, it was right at the time when people were opening restaurants again and people wanted to sit outside. So we had that indoor outdoor dining facility packed from the moment we opened. Um, so that was an easy opening. How about distribution of foods? I mean, is it difficult to get things out here in the desert or is it pretty easy or? Yeah, I, I, again, like, like with everything, um, Right after COVID, it was challenging to get everything, but I, I think now we've sort of gone back to normal where it's, it's easy to get everything that we possibly need. Can you talk a little bit about your menu development for the three different restaurants? Again, that, that's something that uh, was done by my business partner, uh, Chad Gardner. He helped create the menus at 1501 and he helped create the menu along with our executive chef, Richard Perez at Willie's. Uh, don't tell anyone, but I actually can't cook. So I was <laughs> that was that's the one ingredient that I needed as a partner. I, I I'm very lucky. I, I all my partnerships have been. I'm very I'm very controlling. So all of my partners have sort of take, let me take the lead. But that's the one area where I need help is in the kitchen. So. I, uh, I, I'm impressed that you shared that. Um, I won't tell anybody, even though this goes out to out of quite a few people. But uh, coming from Scotland, is there a fair of food that you really wanted to recreate here, or is it a pretty much an eclectic menu? It, it's the, each of the restaurants are very eclectic, and each of the restaurants are very different. 1501 is a gastro pub, so it's elevated pub food, comfort food, sandwiches, burgers, uh, shepherd's pie, fish and chips. 849 is somewhere in the middle with uh, Amer modern American cuisine. And uh, 50, uh, Willie's is more on the fine dining right. side. In fact, we just introduced uh, afternoon tea at Willie's on Sunday afternoon. So that's something that I've always wanted to do somewhere. Uh, as I said, Willie's is the newest restaurant and we're still trying to get people to discover us. Uh, so I've always, I believe that as well as having good food, good service, you also have to have some sort of gimmick. So uh, my gimmick this month is afternoon tea. And what will you be serving in afternoon tea? Proper afternoon tea, housemade scones, uh, jam, clotted cream, uh, finger sandwiches. We did recently did a partnership with a, a pastry chef who owns a company called Cake and Cakes. Uh, Marie Callenders was the original owner and builder of Willie's. So the kitchen is huge. The kitchen is actually bigger than the restaurant space. Uh, so he's taken over a small corner of the kitchen. So he's providing us with some really unique and amazing uh, pastries to go along with uh, sandwiches, etc. Going back to your community service work, Moving here, you said in 1991. Mm -hmm. 
How have you gotten involved with projects in the community that you are passionate about? You mentioned several, you know, animal projects, the Desert AIDS project. What, what has attracted you to some of the nonprofits in the community? Again, I, I, I think it all started back in the early 90s. I, I, two things happened. Uh, we were dealing with the AIDS pandemic. Um, there was a facility uh, called the uh, HIV Special Care Unit that was based out of the Desert Regional Medical Center. It was the third floor of the space. And they, they created, uh, they asked contractors to come in and create rooms that looked sort of like your room at home. So the patients didn't feel that they were uh, in a hospital room. So I had the privilege of uh, uh, donating one room for a friend that passed and I was hired to decorate a couple of other rooms. So that got me involved in that floor. And then I realized that there was a need for volunteers on the floor also. So I, I personally volunteered my time as a nurse assistant or, or wherever I could help. I helped with meals, just visiting, whatever. There was a group of people that did that back then. So that got me involved in uh, uh, community service. It got me involved with the community. And then I realized that that's how you build fellowship. And um, it just sort of stemmed from there. And everything I've done between the, from the construction uh, on the H HIV floor, going into the theater, again, I realized it sort of goes hand in hand. If you want to build a successful business, you build a successful community around you. So yeah. I, I've, I've, always, I, I've always been a yes man, and I've always done and supported as much as I possibly can. That's good to hear. I mean, part of what I'm trying to do here for the, not just the Jewish community, the general community, is to strengthen the community and provide services and opportunities for people to really be who they are in this community. It's a beautiful community. You came here in 1991. I'm sure it's changed in the past uh, 30 some years. For sure. Uh, things that you like about the changes? Um, I, this is my home. I, I love I love the Coachella Valley. Uh, I definitely like all, all the changes. I, I don't think there's anything that really stands out that I don't like. Um, we recently, just this past week through 849, we uh, catered the groundbreaking for the housing, uh, the new housing project that's being opened right next to 1501 on Palm Canyon called uh, Alejo, uh, sorry, Aloha, Aloha, yeah, Alo, Alo, sorry, Alo, uh, Palm Canyon. It's a housing community uh, being done by some people that have a facility in West Hollywood. So that's the only the only major negative change that I see is we've got a far far more uh, unhoused community than I've ever seen before. Um, so the fact that there's facilities coming and opening and hopefully will help that. And I know that your organization as well as uh, Jewish Family Services, they do a lot of work for an unhoused community, we, which is growing. Yes, we do quite a bit for uh, meals programs um, I, this is again might be a little sensitive question, but labor. How do you how do you how do you have how do you staff three restaurants in a community that uh, seems to have a labor shortage? Three restaurants and have one of the largest catering companies, which I need staffing for. Also, um, again, it's it's reputation uh, for the as far as I know, people like working with us. Um, 
we definitely have uh, a great retention uh, number, so people stay. Uh, we've had people that have worked for me since my days in the mid-90s or late-90s at Aquapazza. They still work for me now. Um, it, there, was a, there was a little bit of a, a shortage where people were being offered more money in different places, so we needed to raise, raise our salaries to keep up with the competition. Um, but it's sort of, that sort of leveled out now, uh, but definitely has been a challenge. But as long, I believe as long as you, you're offering a, a good position and you take care of your employees, they'll, they'll stay and take care of you. I, I agree with that. My early days, I worked at a restaurant in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was part of a collective. So there were lots of parties that were held to bring the different restaurants together mm -hmm. and also familiarity with the different menus. So if one restaurant was short of help, you could pull on somebody from the other places. I'm sure you'd do something similar. Yeah, yeah. All, all three restaurants, uh, everyone pretty much, I shouldn't say everyone, but the very large proportion of the staff could be moved to another one. And that's where I get uh, our catering staff from each of the restaurants also. Um, we do some large events and I've only once in my entire 20 plus year career, I've only ever hired from an outside company once and I would never do that again. So I'm, I'm very lucky that it's all my staff that I know that run the events. That's, that's wonderful. I, again, uh, you come from Scotland. There are very few similarities between the desert and Scotland. As I said, I've never been there. But uh, what, what can you say about your experience here that you draw upon from your time at home in Scotland? Where, and first of all, where are you from in Scotland? From Edinburgh. What do I draw? Uh, probably customer service. Uh, that's one thing I remember as a young kid that uh, was instilled to me. Uh, customer service, the, the guest is always right. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Well, I think that's what makes a strong restaurant is when the customer is always right. For sure. But uh, I think, you know, there are lots of images of Scotland and uh, a very beautiful country from television. Mm -hmm. uh, things that you miss about Scotland? Um, it's a beautiful city. My family is actually here right now visiting. So I, I miss my family when I'm not there. Uh, we, we get to take turns. We go back and forth. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I, I love the, the heat here, so uh, I love the sunshine. Um, the last few times I've gone back home, it's been gray and cloudy. <laughs> and I definitely have come to believe that we need sunshine in our lives. So, Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm here, because yeah, I... <laughs> If I can get sun every day, I'm a happy person. Yeah. So, Willie, thank you very much for joining me today. Any final comments you want to say about what you're working on, any of your restaurants, anything new and exciting besides the afternoon tea? The, uh, again, I was just about to say the afternoon tea is definitely a must visit. Um, uh, you're, you're right across the street from Willie, so I, I'd love to make sure that all of your listeners and readers and supporters uh, know about Willie's. Uh, the word is still getting out. And thank you for everything that you do for our community. Oh, I appreciate you. it. How, how long has Willie's been around? Because I've, I've been here a year and a half and it's been there the whole time. So. Just a year and a half. Just <laughs> we, opened, we opened in February of 22, 21, 20, uh, 22. 22, yeah. Yeah, so that's when I got here. So yeah. I, I thought it had been here for a long time. No, no, we just opened. Uh, and I've been a couple of times. I really appreciate it being there. 
And again, as I said earlier, I think the decor, it's just gorgeous inside. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for being here. And this has been Getting to Know You. And Jeff will be back uh, next week with another great interview.